BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now... Here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me I have in the place to be my boy, J.O. As we discuss yet another classic album here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, we want to thank all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show. Guys, we thank you for continuing to stick with us. We want to make sure that we get the listener numbers posted up out there, so please make sure and tell people we're still out there and recording content. We've been a little spotty this year. There have been some challenges out there, but we want to make sure to tell y'all we're still here, and we got plenty of great content coming up for you. So please make sure you're continuing to spread the word to everybody who knows and loves classic hip-hop, R&B, and reggae. As a reminder, you can always go to our website, vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, check out all the episodes, all of our past catalog, check out the profiles of all of our guests. You can also go to the merchandise store. Like we said, fall is coming and winter will be approaching soon. So make sure you go there and get your hoodies, tumblers, coffee mugs, hats, long sleeve tees, sweaters, whatever you need to help keep you warm so that you can represent the vault. And of course, you'll be supporting us as well. So please make sure you go to the website, check out everything at vaultclassicpod.com and make sure that you stay tapped in. As we always say here on the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today, Jay, we're going back 30 years ago to the great year of 1993. And we're going to a particular album that to a lot of people within this genre and especially to those on the East Coast, this album means a lot to you. Well, if you love hip hop music in general, this album means a lot to you. And if you were out and around during that time and were listening, this album definitely has an impact just based off of what you hear and what you hear people say about it. So we're going to go to the debut album of none other than Black Moon. Enter the stage. Released on October 19th, 1993 on Nervous Records, recorded between 1992 and 1993 with a runtime of 56 minutes and 54 seconds recorded at D&D Studios, produced by the legendary hip hop production group, The Beat Miners, the singles from Enter the Stage, who got the props released in October of 1992, How Many MCs released in June 1993. I Got You Open, the remix in March of 1994 and Buck'em Down released in November of 1994. Now, if you're tracking the songs that we listed there, one, 
some very classic songs listed in that single list, Jay. And also a span of almost two years where singles from this album also came out, too. So it just goes to show you just the impact that this album had. But the group Black Moon originated from none other than the borough of Brooklyn, started in the late 80s as a group originally called Unique Image. And they formed in high school. It consisted originally of Evil D of the Beat Miners, also Five Foot, Kareem Reed, Walter Finster Giddens, and Kenyatta Blake, also known as Buckshot, then known as Buckshot Shorty. And they changed their name from Unique Image to High Tech, and then they settled on Black Moon. And then Evil D's older brother, Mr. Walt, used that for his production company. And all four of the members used to rap at first, but then Evil D and Finster stopped rapping and then focused on production. And once they did that and got focused, according to Evil D, he said when they really got serious about it, that Five Foot and Buckshot stepped up their game and they got nice on their rhymes. Black Moon shopping a demo. Eventually during this time, Finster leaves the group and it leaves the beat miners who are the brothers of Evil D and Mr. Walt and then also leaves Five Foot and Buckshot in the group. But eventually what happens is that they get a record deal to meet with Nervous Records owner Mike Weiss. So they signed them to a deal and then gave them enough money to record their first single, which ended up being Who Got the Props. And it reached number 86 on the Billboard Hot 100. They started recording this album at the famous and legendary D&D Studios and started crafting this sound. Now, as we mentioned, of course, this is right around the time where this is really a very important time in hip-hop history, Jay. Within this time period when Into the Stage is coming out, you'll have this album that's released, you'll have 36 Chambers, which is released, Doggy Style, which is released, and also Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauders, all released probably within the span of about a month and a half. So this spans a very important time in hip-hop history. But now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So, Jay, I'm going to go ahead and start with you about Black Moon's Enter the Stage and what your thoughts about it was listening to it first back in the day and listening to it this past week. What did you think about it and what are your thoughts on it now 30 years later? Yeah, so, like, you know, really taking this like hard. I believe it's been 30 years for this. But um, back then, I mean, like you said before, it was a pivotal time. <laughs> But, like, even more so for me because, one, even though the West Coast had, like, the game in a chokehold, Black Moon kind of, like, ushered in, like, hey, we got something to say, too. We putting out our drinks, too. Mm-hmm. Who Got the Props came out, like you said, then, like, how many MCs and pretty much, like, everything that followed up. But it just hit, I guess it kind of hit harder for me because, like, around that time, like, I had just visited New York. Mm. So, you know how they say, like, with East Coast drinks, like, at some point you had to be from New York or live in New York or something like that to really get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I had just visited up there, like, for a class trip. I had been in New York, like, maybe before, like, even when I was, like, a little bit younger. But, like, this time I'm a little more conscious of my surroundings and more so in the hip-hop and everything like that. So it kind of, like, gave me a better insight as far as, like, you know what I'm saying, that gritty nature it was talking about and the culture and everything that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm listening to them drinks. I'm up there envisioning, like, you know what I'm saying? Even I was just around Manhattan, like, downtown area. But, like, it really, like, envisioned, it helped me to envision, like, you know what I'm saying, that day-to-day as far as, like, the New York and the thickness of hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. So, of course, as the singles came out, I'm up there vibing along with, with everybody. But then, you know, fast forward 30 years later, I mean, I have been back to New York since, but it's not the same New York as of old. I mean, mm-hmm. you all know that anybody has been in New York. Oh, yeah. Still holds up. I mean, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but like, I, I want to say it sounds dated, but in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes mm. you back to that time of like old New York, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying it doesn't sound dated like, man, the production. I'm mean, not checking for this no more, whereas I might have checked for it before. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You still 
vibe, but you still rock with it, but like with a more nostalgic tone, if that makes sense. Yeah, nah, definitely. New York was different at that time. It was. It was a different city. It had mm-hmm. a feel to it in that particular time during that part of the decade when hip hop was starting to make and reemerge back and New York street rap started to emerge as a power once again, right? Like the the power dynamic, while still was over at the West Coast for the most part, what you had was you had a big, big shift back over to the East Coast with these albums that started coming out in late 1993 into 1994. And Black Moon was right at the forefront of this. So let me tell you how I started getting into into the stage, right? I had a late pass on this, like a lot of albums that came out during this era. And what I will say is that I first got into this album once Duck Down and the boot camp click fully formed as a result of that. Now, if you're following along with this story, the formation of what will become Duck Down Records and what became the boot camp click, this preceded all of that. There was no such thing as that when this album came out. So when the boot camp click is formed and 1995 rolls around and you get the shine-ins and you then also get 1996 with the storm with OGC and then Health the Skelter's Nocturnal. They're fully formed at this particular time. They're a well-known click and supergroup within hip hop. Well, obviously, you hear about all these things, and then I just keep on hearing like people talking about Black Moon, Black Moon, into the stage during 1993. So you hear all these different things about this album that I had never heard. Of course, I knew about Buckshot, but right. I really didn't hear much about Black Moon until I started digging in and reading a little bit more on the internet about it. So I want to say the first time I listened to Enter the Stage was probably 1998. And five years after the album came out, I had a really, really late pass on it. But when I finally got into the album, I started listening to it and I got got it, right? It finally snapped to me why I saw that people were always on this album and why I was so highly revered because of the sound. Because it had that, like you said, early 90s gritty street sound. Like it had that sound where... It felt like quintessential New York City. And not only that, it was quintessentially Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, if nothing else you could say about Duck Down and Boot Camp Click, all them dudes are all quintessentially Brooklyn to their core. Like you cannot have a conversation about Brooklyn hip hop in the 90s without talking about Black Moon, anyone within Duck Down or Boot Camp Click. Reading about this and having listened to it then and understanding, like hearing Buckshot and Five Foot and then that production by the Beat Miners, like you said, to you, it kind of sounds like you said dated, and I wouldn't—I wouldn't even say necessarily dated. I think dated we say has a negative connotation. It yeah. sounded classic. Let me put it that way, right? It sounded classic, like the way that you would look at an old car, or you would look at an old antique piece, like like a lamp or or a piece of jewelry or something like that is revered, where the quality is so good that you know they don't make things like this anymore. You know, like that Cadillac that your granddaddy drove ran for almost 20 something years. You know what I'm saying? And it was durable. It ran for over 200, 300,000 miles and everything else. And that bad boy would get you to and from everywhere you needed to go for that long. I kind of feel that same way about this album. I wanted to read a passage from Albumism's 30 year recognition of Enter the Stage for Black Moon, and it was written by Daryl McIntosh, and this was an expertly written review. I love albumism and their stuff, so please make sure you go check out the article within the show notes when you're listening to this podcast. He writes, Throughout Enter the Stage, Buckshot's verbal intensity grabbed you and gave you a rush of contrasting emotions. On one hand, you were excited as watching Mike Tyson walk to the ring for a heavyweight bout in the late 80s. And on the other hand, You felt the discomfort of being scoped for a late night robbery. This may not sound like a recipe for brilliance, but after taking the full 14 track journey, 
and witnessing Black Moon perfect their craft, you were convinced that Enter the Stage had as big a cultural impact on hip-hop as any album released in the 90s. The album immediately carved a path and established, both figuratively and literally, a unique voice for Black Moon in hip-hop's vibrant and increasingly crowded landscape. He continues, Buckshot's lyrical expression supported by the gritty Beat Miners production and Five Foot's Rugged Street Ore collectively took listeners on a vivid expedition to a world many rarely visit, into the dark streets of the planet of Brooklyn. Enter the stage is an early 90s New York City train ride, a glance from a Brooklyn bedroom window, and a walk down a project stairway where you can smell the stench and feel the anxiety permeating neighborhoods like Bushwick, Crown Heights, and Brownsville. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a picture. That's a hell of a picture. And that's the picture you get when you listen to this album. Like when I'm listening to this album, I'm thinking about Flatbush. I'm thinking about Bushwick and Crown Heights. I'm thinking about Nostrand Avenue and Fort Greene. Like, those are like the pictures that I get when I listen to this album, man. And when I finally got into it, it was like, yo, this is like almost as important to me and as critical to the East Coast sound as 36 Chambers, as the sun rises in the East, as Gangstar's Hard to Earn, as Illmatic, as Ready to Die. Like, I was like, this is the reason why this is grouped in with those albums, because it was sort of essential and towards getting New York back to the essence of something where they carved out their identity. Because if anything, what we have to say why the West Coast thrived is because their identity on those, like, those beats, those funky and soulful beats, like that G-funk, you know, bass-heavy, you know, fun-loving music that really gave you, like, the essence that you wanted to be on the West Coast and be in California, where this, on a contrast, wasn't as sunny, wasn't as bright, but it gave you the essence of what it felt like to be in New York during that time, right? And so, when we talk about those albums that helped to reemerge the East Coast to ship the power dynamic a little bit back more towards there, it was albums like this that helped to do it. And when you listen to this album and you hear Buckshot, and Buckshot, somebody that I think clearly still doesn't get the prop that he deserves, because his style is unorthodox and to hear the beat miners production and to like listen to that production, like you said, it sounds classic. It's something that like, you know, bam, you can take this production and to me, it still sounds and stands up because of the way that it sounds and it gives you that sound and it takes you back to that time right there in 93 to make you feel like what it was in New York. This is an album definitely that I think that is critical to that time period when you talk about what it meant to the power dynamic coming back to the East Coast and defining a sound that would, at least for the next few years, would be the sound of New York. Highlights and lowlights. So, Jay, here we go. Highlights and lowlights. What are your highlights here with Enter the Stage and any lowlights if you have them? Um, highlights, I mean, of course, like who got the props, how many MCs, mm-hmm. buck them down. Yeah. And then I guess like a sleeper, which kind of like was a signal of things to come was Blacksmith and Wesson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really goes back to the point about like being in quintessential New York in the '90s, and you hear that sample come in. Anything test my name clean for me? That yeah, yeah. It comes in, man. Like, uh huh. Act like you want it. Yeah. I think I said how many MCs. I'm, if I didn't, I mean, I want to put that in there too. And mm-hmm. I would say, um, you the man. Okay. Yeah, that's the joint to end up the joint with featuring Havoc, by the way. And mm-hmm. you know, the guest spots on here featuring Smith and Wesson. And it's featuring Drew Ha and also Havoc from Mob Deep, who in this year released their debut album, Juvenile Hell. Definitely got to agree with you on that. The samples on this, man, you listen to this album, you don't realize until you listen to it when you're like, damn, 
how many people sampled this joint later on, right? You hear so many vocal joints in here that people sampled in beats and for hooks later on. Like there, there's the obviously the who got the props to straight from Brooklyn, better known as Brooklyn. Those type of lines get in there. And like you mentioned, that whole thing, the intro with Blacksmith and Wesson, we talk a lot about people who do like the Jafakin thing on, on records. And the one thing I do have to say with these dudes especially when it comes to Smith and Wesson and especially with black moon is that they did that. They did it and they did it properly. And so <laughs> when you get it on these albums, you're not getting no Jafakin things. You're getting all like authentic, something that definitely does it proud. And so I got to give these dudes props for all of that. So my highlights on into the stage, I mean, you could start just from the top and you get just to take for less of a better word, impact the first track, powerful impact that just hit you off the top with that busted sample from scenario. I mean, <laughs> it's perfect. Right. And it fits in getting into like, you know, niggas talk shit and you get to these beats again, start to go in. Buckshot is doing his thing. Who got the props when you talk about New York hip hop in the early nineties, you can't have a soundtrack about early nineties, New York hip hop without this on it, Joe, like and that, Oh man. And that sample, the thing about to take that sample on who got the props. I don't think that that would ever become something that could snap like that. Right. Buck them down. Gotta love that. Hearing Blacksmith and Wesson to be able to hear early tech and steel on this joint and knowing that it was all going to come together a little bit later on. I got to open the original is great. The remix gets a lot of props, as it should, because it has that Barry White sample. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like that, right? To be able to rip it open on something like that. But the original I got to open definitely does this thing as well. The song Into the Stage is great. Love the fact that they took that Onyx sample on that one, too. And... How many MCs, I mean, how many times has that been redone, right? How many MCs must get dissed? I mean, how many people have used that line <laughs> throughout throughout history? You the Man is the perfect ending track here with Buckshot, Havoc, and also with Smith and Wesson. It kind of like to me, Jay, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, it kind of signaled to me that this was going to be the sort of starting point of where we were entering to the era of duck down records and the boot camp click. Like we were going to get introduced to everybody within about a year or so, you know what I'm saying? Like that last track is sort of like, you know, we, ent- we now we're about to enter into the era of boot camp click and duck down records, you know? And I thought that was the perfect introduction if that was going to be it. But I mean, overall though, no low lights on this to me. I think all the tracks on here kind of, served their purpose and they fit well. And the the pacing and also the sequencing was was done perfectly on this as well. So, songs like Sun Get Wrecked and Make Money and Slave are all like great album tracks that don't bog the album down. And when you have most of the tracks on here are, are, are by Buckshot, but when you got tracks by Five Foot with Sun Get Wrecked, is a solo track by Five Foot and Act Like You Want It is a track between Buckshot and Five Foot where they showed great chemistry. Overall, throughout this, though, no lowlights to me and no skips really either. And what you get here is though was a nice little blend, though, of those jazz beats that are sort of made like into like this. Everybody was doing the jazz thing production wise, sampling jazz. Right. But the good thing about it is, could you take jazz and then make it your own when you're producing it and not seem like you're copycatting? And that was the genius to me of the beat miners and the production on this album is because it all seemed unique all its own. Right. You didn't take it and you're not taking someone else's template and making it, trying to make it your own. They made it their own entirely, but Great album here. A lot of highlights in regards to verses. Um, we'll get into notable quotables a little bit later on. But when you listen to a lot of these lines here that are definitely sampled later on, 
you know you have great source material when other classic albums sample your songs to be able to make their songs great. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know you got the recipe for a great album there. A good runtime on this as well, just under an hour. It didn't feel like it dragged on. And I felt like, to me, this was an easy listen, right? If you're just sitting here and, and vibing, you got a task to get done in under an hour. This is something that could fly by, and all of a sudden, boom, it's over. And it's great, but you remember it. And that's the thing. It passes by, but it doesn't make you forget it. Notable quotables. So we're going to go on to notable quotables, Jay. What have you for notable quotables? Yeah, actually, it'd be on um, Act Like You Wanted, and it was actually Five Foot's verse. Mm-hmm. He was like, I burst in a rage, catch a wreck on stage, blowing up the spot, leave my name engraved. You frail ass niggas want a piece of the five, but you can't fuck around with a nigga that's live. Mm-hmm. He'd catch a wreck with the buckshot shorty, spark up the L because it's time to get naughty. Then he looked at me as if I was insane, just a real nigga with a lot on my brain. The pressure starts to build when I grab the steel, giving niggas the raw deal with the mad appeal. This time around, I flex a tech with ease. And if you really want it, I give it an extra squeeze. Because I'll carve out your heart, leave it pumping in my hand. Spit on your grave, let you know who's the man. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. Because the five foot accelerator is at you every side. One time for your motherfucking mind. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I have another one. Let me just see. Mm, okay. See I mean, you have plenty of bangers on it, but like. Yes. Okay, yeah. So I guess the other one would be off uh, Make Money. And it's actually Buckshot's verse. Mm-hmm. He was like. I got to get paid, and I mean quick, fast. And if it ain't in the cash, then that ass get blast. Living in New York nowadays is like, damn, because if you broke, nobody wants to be your man, especially the girls when it comes to getting game. You got to have loot plus to get and maintain. I can't take the heat. That's a strain on my brain. And when my pockets are broke, my heart feels the pain. Mm-hmm. I got to get a grip because I might just flip. I'm thinking of a whip. Where's my crew and my clip? It's a jack. Take your fucking hand off the wheel. Turn around slowly, bitch. You know the deal. Show you crazy. Nah, I need dough. And I'm going to do what I got to do. Where's my flow? I want to grab the mic flip script and get paid but if i puff a daydream damn i'm getting played word to my meals no frills gotta go and if you want to bump make a dole let, let me know i'd rather get paid with the program you can keep your fame fuck who's the man i scheme and i scheme to go get the green if you want a scene of the money fiend niggas let me hit the screen everybody in the house if you want dough you gotta let me know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so definitely other joints, but yeah yeah nah definitely uh buckshot had a few joints on there and that verse by five foot on I like you want that joint. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of appearances on this, but when you made his appearances, he definitely made his presence felt without a doubt. Uh, my notable quotable comes from the last verse on who got the props famous verse and famous line on this as well. That became the started to another classic track a couple of years later that buckshot was on famously enough. So he said one, two melody shows. And before I flip a script, you know, I must keep you dozing into the stage of the buckshot shorty. Son, pass the boom. Keep the top on the 40. Never, ever, ever get played. Kill that. Kill that. Bust the cap, cap in your back because I'm all that. Straight from Brooklyn, better known as Brooklyn. Elude the hook and cold beats tuck in. Must take charge. Bomb guard. I'm the man. Bust my plan and feeds back on my fam. Once I cruise, pay dues. I never lose. When I break on fools, wake up. You don't snooze. Bust a move. I get smooth like Brody. Kick it like the four hostmen. Yeah, you know me. Booming like a speaker with my $100 sneakers. Baggy black jeans, snap snack with my beeper. Keep a fresh cut. Never see me with a busted fro. And I'm going to let you know. <laughs> and then that last little four bars runs out. That beat. He lets you marinate on that Yes. Let that, let that joint marinate. Let these last two bars of this instrumental take you out into the hook, man. Golly. I love who gets the props, man. I don't know if you remember if I uh, showed you that clip. You may have seen me show uh, share it with you on Facebook. 
but the group Tenacious Talent and the Capable were, were making a Morgan documentary about the golden era at Morgan State University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was playing it. They yeah. were using, they used that instrumental to like for a part of their trailer. And every time I think about who got the props, I think about that time period, but I think about that documentary, which I'm still waiting to come out for, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, that, that, that time, during that particular time, I talked to a few heads who were at Morgan during that time period, and they told me that things were off the hook up there. Definitely when when music was popping during that time and during that time period, yo. So, yeah, lots of great quotables on this. Lots of stuff to choose from. Final verdict. So, Jay, we're going to get to our final verdict. What say you about Into the Stage? Is it a classic? Is it an essential album? Is it dope? Is it good or just okay or something other than that? I was going to say essential at first, but now looking looking at it, you know what I'm saying, like more intricately, I'm going to go ahead and say classic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to say classic as well. I mean, to me, this is when you're talking about the albums to help to define an era and a sound. This is one of the albums you have to include on it. And as I said, you talk about the 36 Chambers, the Ready to Dies, the Sunrises in the East, the Hard to Earns. Like during that time period, the Illmatics, like this is part of an album that defined that sound of that era. And it led us into the beginning of Duck Down and also Boot Camp Click. And look how many great albums and acts came out of that. And when we really talk about that click, Boot Camp Click, we talked about Buckshot being underrated, but Boot Camp Click and Duck Down to me are probably one of the more underrated and probably I would say in some spaces forgotten about clicks out there, you know? And I think that. When we look at the beginning of this and seeing the type of hip hop that they brought, they really did have a value proposition with their style of music and what they did to represent Brooklyn and represent New York. It really did serve as a soundtrack of that time period and what if you lived in New York or were around and you visited during that time that you can get an accurate depiction of what life was like for a lot of those dudes down there because they lived it firsthand. And so the best music comes when you can paint a picture accurately and make somebody feel as though they're seeing what you're seeing and living what you're living. And that's exactly what Enter the Stage does for me. And that's why it's so critical. Commercially, it didn't sell as well, but we always know that when it comes to classic music, they don't sell great. Elmatic didn't sell great out of the box, and now it's, I think, getting close to 2 million now. Black Moons, Enter the Stage. Make sure y'all go check it out. 30 years old this past week. Go check out some of the articles in our show notes. And of course, hit us up on social media. What do y'all think about Black Moons Enter the Stage? What are some of your favorite tracks on here or the favorite beats? Hit us up. Let's continue the conversation. We love to keep talking. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, 
we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.